I don't know what you've already heard about me or what was given to you about who I am, but I'll just share a few things with you just so you will know. Um, I have been ordained through the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, so I come to you with experience um, from other denominations, which I don't knock at all because they were all a learning experience that prepared me for this opportunity on today. Um, I've been a part of the Roman Catholic Church, and one day I'll tell that story in more detail. I've been a member of a Baptist church, another story later on in detail. And then more recently, I am now a member of the Mennonite Church USA, and I am happy to say that I am. Um, it was the sense of community that drew me in to this denomination. And so far, so good. So another story for another day. But this too will be a part of that story. Um, so I'm a transplant Mennonite, like so many others that I've met along this journey. And I'm anticipating and expecting a transformative experience, not just for myself, but for you as well throughout this time of transition. Um, I'm, I want to share that I have a husband, so God answers prayers, so I believe that. Um, we have three children, two, a daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and then five grandchildren. So we are at that age where we're empty nesters, and so we like to do what empty nesters do and that's travel when we can and just don't have to answer our phone or open a door if we don't want to. <laughs> so my um, educational background, I have a bachelor's degree in sociology with a minor in religious studies, so I knew a long time ago that one day this would be where I would be. Um, a master's in divinity, a master's in education, and a doctorate in ministry. And all of those experiences have prepared me for what God is doing in my journey. And hopefully you are now, well, not hopefully, but now you are a part of that journey. So um, that's really a little bit about me. I'm an open book. So if you have questions outside of the worship service, please feel free to ask. Because along this journey over the next six months, you'll hear more about who I am. You'll see it in the teaching and the preaching. You'll see it whenever we interact. Um, I don't sing. I don't dance, so this afternoon, don't be looking for any of that, because I won't be doing that, but I will be there to experience the things that you all will be doing. So with that, let us jump right into the words. I can put these back on, now I can see. Um, but the one thing I do want to share is that I love God immensely, and I love God's people. And so um, even though the Bible tells us to love those that persecute you, and I am known for doing that. And my husband tells me all the time, they don't even like you. Why are you doing that? Because the Bible tells me to. So just know that if you do something to me or say something, I'm just going to say, okay, and keep moving. Um, so, again, any questions, just feel free to ask along the way, and I'll be happy to answer. And so while I talk about my family, some of my family members are here today. Just wave your hands, family. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but thank you for being here. So if you will pray with me and pray for me as we move into the, to today's message. Dear Lord, I seek your strength, your wisdom, and your power as I stand before your people. I ask that you open hearts and minds to receive of you through me, your servant. I ask that you hold me up and allow me to speak as you have prepared and laid upon my heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 
One thing I did find out, though, about the Mennonite Church and the different congregations that I visit is that people are really quiet and engaged in what you're saying. So I don't take it personal. I used to be like, they're not saying anything because I come from a background with people, the, the call and response kind of thing. So feel free if you say, oh, yeah, that's good. I, I'm, I will receive it. So, thank you. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. So today's scripture is one that you may be, f- be familiar with. Seek him first in all things, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So if we take a moment and go back up a few verses, we'll find the following, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to this span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, not us, he was talking to the disciples. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father... Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This passage is just a snippet of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in which he was teaching the disciples about living a holy and righteous life following him. Jesus admonished the Pharisees in their public displays of giving to the needy and their public prayers for show. He also admonished the Pharisees for their public and hypocritical display of fasting. This sermon, this, his sermon goes on to tell the disciples that there is no need to worry. There's no need to be anxious. One thing that I've noticed is that the word anxious is often misused. When people are faced with new opportunities, they can feel anxious or they can be eager about the new opportunities. Many times when people are feeling excited, they will say, oh, I'm anxious about this new job. I'm anxious about the new baby. When in fact, what they really mean is that they're eager to start the new job. They're eager for the new addition in their family. The scripture starts off by saying, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry about how you will eat, how you will be clothed. Don't worry about anything. Jesus goes on to compare the thought and act of not worrying to the birds who do not sow, nor do they reap, nor do they store away in the barns. Yet, the heavenly Father feeds them. The Heavenly Father knows everything that we stand in the need of, and yet he provides for us. So why do we worry? We are told that we are to seek him first and his righteousness. Him and his refers to our Heavenly Father, and when we do all these things, all things will be added unto us. So now when we think about this text and we think about when it was written and to whom it was written, it was written at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. 
when he started his adult ministry, he chose the disciples and he began to teach them so that they could minister to others and perform miracles and carry out the mission of the gospel after Jesus' ascent to the right hand of the Father. So if I'm allowed to use my sanctified imagination for just a minute, I could picture the disciples who were professionals. Did you know the disciples were professionals? They didn't just, okay. We'll go on. The, the disciples were professionals. Andrew, James, John, and Peter were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. And if we were to apply that this year in 2023, we might say he had a good job with benefits. He had a government job with benefits. Simon was known as, as a zealot. He might have been a politician, but we won't hold that against him. Any politicians? I don't want to. Okay. Judas was a thief, but Jesus knew that though Judas was a thief and that he would betray him and, would give, and couldn't easily give up the life of crime, Judas was still necessary to Jesus' life. Even thieves and sinners have purpose, but that's another sermon for another day. But this is just to name a few of the professions that the disciples engaged in prior to being called to serve Jesus. Can you imagine being asked to give up your day job with salary and benefits to follow Jesus and not know where you will lay your head, what you will eat, where you will eat, or when you would eat. This is how it is for many pastors. They say, they go home and they tell their spouse or their parents or their family, you know, I feel like I got a call. I've been led. You've been led to do what? You got a call from who? I got a call from Jesus. I got a call from the Spirit to say, I should be a pastor. I should lead a congregation. And your family's like, what are you talking about? you got to go to work because we need those benefits. We need that check every two weeks. You're not being called. <laughs> or, or the spouse might say, I didn't get that call. It's not your call. It's not your call. <laughs> but when one is called by God, you cannot worry. You must go. Jesus says, don't worry. I got you. The Heavenly Father knows that the birds must eat, and they do nothing to deserve a meal. But they're fed anyhow. Jesus says you're more valued than a bird who's cared for regardless of the bird's lack of work or adoration. Yet all I ask is that you seek the kingdom and its righteousness and you will lack nothing and all these things will be added unto you. Today, the request is still the same. Don't worry. Do not be anxious. Seek him first and his righteousness. There are times when we experience difficulty, challenges, adversity, or have decisions to make, and we try to face them on our own, or we turn to our friends or our significant others for advice when making life-changing decisions. And some of those times, the decisions we turn to and we, the road we take may not turn out to be so good. We sometimes fail to seek God at all, let alone seek him first. And this reminds me of when I first learned this scripture and the impact it had over my life over the years. It's funny how we learn some things uh, or we come across a scripture or something that turns us to the scripture and you never forget where you learned it, how you learned it, what was going on at that time. You know, I think about times when I had to learn something for Sunday school or the Easter speeches or things of that nature or um, new members class. And so a show of hands, do you remember the first Bible verse you memorized? Okay, a few. All right. I'm glad. Maybe we'll learn some together. Um, do you remember who asked you to learn it and why? Maybe not, but you remember a scripture or two, right? For John so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
I think a lot of us learn that one early on in our lives, very early. So one verse I remember learning as an adult is, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I was having a conversation with a lady. Don't remember what we were talking about, but I respected her for being this older, seasoned woman, like that Titus woman we read about in the book of Titus. And she was probably trying to give me some advice about something. And, um, but I remember her saying, quoting that scripture, in the midst of our conversation, and I've never forgotten it. I had to go home and look it up and say, where did she get that from? And then I started to remember that and try to incorporate it into my own life. But this scripture today, seek him first and all things and his righteousness. I don't know if any of you have watched the Cosby show ever in your life. Um, there was an episode, Felicia Rashad, who played Claire Huxtable, she was at a graduation, and she sang this song. And the name of the song is, All Good Things Will Be Added Unto You. So as she sang, as her character sang the song, the, ch the people who played her children were in the audience, and the camera panned to them. And when it did, they were sitting in such awe like they had never heard this sound before. Well, I was in awe, and I was on the, you know, watching it through the TV. But it wasn't so much that I was in awe of her voice because we didn't know she had that kind of voice because she never sang on the show. However, it was the words to the song. And the words in the song were simply the scripture. Seek him first and all these things will be added unto you. And the impact that that had on my life at that time, and this was 30 years ago um, when I heard that, but it's a scripture that I've never forgotten. And as we come to this place where we are today, where you're in this place where you're getting ready to enter the search and call process, and you're getting ready to hire people and interview people that you think will be a good fit for your congregation, you have to seek him first in all these things. So the question really is, what is it that you're seeking? Do you know? Have you thought about what you need as an individual from the person that's going to lead your congregation? And as you think about what you need as an individual, what do you need collectively? How will your needs be met as an individual then edify the entire body? How will you bring all of that together and finding the right person to do that for you? There will be some trials. There will be some times when you think I can call this person and that person, and that's not who you want to talk to. You want to seek him first. So as you take time to think about what it is that you need, what is it that you need as a congregation, and then how will what you get as an individual, how you, what you will get as a congregation, how will you then impact the community when you're looking for this leader to lead your church? Sometimes we think, oh, we just want somebody who can, you know, serve the community. But you need to be fed as well. Your soul needs to be fed. And then you're feeding the birds don't worry about how they're going to eat. You shouldn't have to worry either because the person that you choose should be able to do that for you. They should be able to provide that meal for you so that you don't have to go out and get it somewhere else and that you can come collectively and get what you need. Seek him first and all these things and all these things will be added unto you. We turn to our neighbor, we turn to our friends, we turn to other people who've gone through the same type of process, because sometimes we're looking for guidance, but your guidance can come right from the scriptures and right from his soul to yours. Seek him first in all these things. One of the things that transition brings 
is change. Change is the one inedible, constant thing in our life. Change for some is easy. Some folks just go with the flow. While others, change is challenging, and not everyone adapts so well. Change can be difficult, and some people oppose change because they like what their normal is. However, in this time of trans transition, I encourage you to take your own temperature. Check to see if you're hot, if you're cold, if you're mild, lukewarm. See where you are and see how you're feeling about this entire change. Have you taken a moment to think about what this change will mean for you? As you think about the transition, there will be feelings of anxiousness. There will be feelings of eagerness as well. There will be feelings of despair, maybe even hurt. So when we sang that last song, I thought, how appropriate is that song? With all the things that may occur, though we pray that this be a smooth transition, that God sends the right one right away, there are things that are thrown into the rent, you know, the monkey wrench is thrown into the game plan just because it can be. Are you ready for that too? Seeking him first, knowing where you stand on that. People want to be heard. Everybody wants their feelings acknowledged. Everybody want to say, well, I want this and I want that. We all must be open to hearing from everyone and acknowledging that we might not agree. We're going to have to agree to disagree on some things. And then at the end of the day, the consensus needs to be what's going to be best for the congregation on a whole. So as we approach this process, let's be reminded of Paul's words in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace be with you. And those words are the words of the Apostle Paul speaking to the people, um, speaking to the Philippians. So I said that to say that I met with Sean prior to his departure, and we had a lovely conversation. It was a wonderful time. I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to meet him. And I've listened to a few of his sermons, including the one that he shared with you on his last day with you. And it appears that he has imparted some godly knowledge and wisdom over the time that he was with you all. And just as Paul said, whatever you've learned or received, put it into practice. And I believe that Sean left you with some nuggets to put into practice. For even on his last day, he said, y'all are strange. I said, what did he say? I had to keep listening. He said, y'all are strange. He encouraged you to continue to be strange for the work of the Lord. Put into practice what you've learned. You've learned to love one another just as God loves you. You've learned to be at peace. So coming together in this effort to seek and find the right person to lead your congregation, seek him first and all these things, and all these things will be added unto you. As I prepare to take my seat, and you prepare for a time of reflective discussion. I want you to think about how you're feeling emotionally, spiritually, and mentally with this process. I want you to think about your wants and your needs individually and collectively, and how your needs will be answered, and then how you will serve the greater community. Because even in this, we ask God to make it plain, to make it clear. So in seeking him, these are the things that we ask for. When Celia spoke two weeks ago about God being the creator of everything, 
and that everything matters? It absolutely does. So everything that you think and feel matters in this conversation. I encourage you to recall the lessons taught and experiences lived and seeking to be open to the changes and challenges that will present themselves and address them with the love of God and love for one another, with the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and the peace of God that we strive to exhibit and share with one another. Hope for the future as we, call, as we recall God's words to Jeremiah in chapter 29, verses, verse 11, when he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And at this time, the Israelites were in captivity, and God was saying, Seek me. And I will hear you, and I will restore unto you. Friends, God is one that desires that we seek him first and foremost. He wants us to call on him for all of our needs. And when we do, they will be added unto us. This process may be tiring and daunting at some point, but be encouraged that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Be encouraged to keep serving the children in the community. Be encouraged to keep caring for those that may need a hand. Be encouraged to keep lifting one another up in prayer and joining one another for corporate worship weekly. Trust God first and trust the process. The knowledge and insight you gain will be beneficial to all individually and corporately. Be encouraged.